You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's discord server discord.gg forward slash alpha collective it is free it always will be free there are no strings there is no bait and switch if you like to listen live and even participate come on stage comment in our back chat you can do that whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wednesday we have guests take the stage almost like an open mic on thursday we do live book reads and discussions and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Bez. Good morning, Tim. How are you? In here bright and early. It is 8.02 a.m. Monday, March 27th. Like how the music comes up. I kind of want the music to stay the whole time and then it goes away and then I just feel like uh, like a bit flat. So now I have to rely on my own energy to lift us up and guide us through the next 58 minutes or so. I didn't prepare anything for today. I just thought I would kick it off, see if I could uh, entice you on the stage a little bit if people are listening um online, maybe uh, entice them to come in and join us live. You know, I spoke to actually someone this weekend who's been listening on the podcast and, um, you know, it, it does come back to this idea that you never know, right? Dot, dot, dot. You never know who's listening. You never know who's watching. You never know who who the person is sitting next to you on the plane. You never know who the parent is standing on the sideline next to you. Quite frankly, you never even know the person who just cut you off in, uh, you know, on the road, uh, in the road. Uh, or, you know, you might be the person cutting them off. By the way, Tim says, good morning, afternoon from Amsterdam. Uh, Amsterdam, who uh, hatet? Dank je wel. can speak a little bit of Dutch, actually more Afrikaans. Um, uh, Bez said, saw the video, pretty interesting. I always thought something was off. Uh, and not above board. I wonder what he's talking about. What video is this? Uh, we might have to have him come up and, and discuss uh, what video he's referring to. By the way, by the way, um, the code, the secret code for the POAP today is connected to a show that just came back, that just started its run. It's been actually back for a few weeks now, the new season. Maybe the final season. I hope it isn't. Um, but if you want to know what the show is called, uh, there is a clue, and the clue is the word believe. Believe. The sign believe that is uh, put above a door. So what show mentions the word believe 
And uh, that's the code today. Uh, if there are, if there's one word, it's one word, and if there are two words, then it will be two words, not you know one word. So, for example, if it was Happy Monday, it would be Happy Dash Monday, and all lowercase. So, all lowercase, one word, two words with space in between. If it fact is two words, if it's three words, two spaces. So, what is the show that is on at the moment that talks about believe? Believe is the key word. I love that idea, belief. So, we'll talk a little bit about uh, belief as well. I completely lost my train of thought a second ago. What was I saying um, when I was talking about, um, I don't know, completely forgot when Bez spoke about the video. So this is what happens today. Maybe it will come back, maybe it won't. Someone can can remind me um, what I was uh, talking about. Um, Oh, yeah, I know. This idea that you never really know who is listening. And I think you have to, so what does that tell you? What does that give you? It gives you, does it make you feel paranoid or does it make you feel excited, exhilarated um, that everyone could be your salvation or your nemesis? Um, I love the idea. It keeps me honest. If I'm going to honk at someone, it could be someone that I know. It could be someone that I care about, that I love. It could be, I mean, think about this for a second. Somebody completely cuts you off. So much so that you literally almost have a major accident. You want to honk, you want to swear, you want to hurl insults at them, you want to get out the car and knock their living daylights out, you want to, you know, kick their car, you, you want to, you know, you're just filled with rage and anger and revenge and all these negative traits. And then you get out and you see it's your wife, your mother, your, your brother, um, your, your priest, your imam, your rabbi, uh, your teacher, your kid's teacher, your best friend. How do you react immediately? Do you like, you're like, well, listen, I know you're, you know, my, my, the principal of my kid's school, but you're still an absolute like dickhead for what you did. And I'm still going to, no, you don't. Your whole demeanor changes. Your whole demeanor changes. You kind of actually almost a little bit embarrassed for your reaction. Oh, I completely overreacted. That was uh, like, I'm sorry that I honked, but you know, you, you know, you, I mean, think about that. So why would you give them that grace? Why would you give them that, that, um, that kind of reprieve or that, that room when, and not a stranger? Why do you assume the stranger is bad and the person you know is good? I'm using like oversimplified terms. Why would you assume the stranger is, a, you know, is guilty and at fault and the person you know is innocent or deserves the benefit of the doubt? If you think about it, it, it tells you everything you need to know. Because you don't know the stranger. You don't know this person. You don't know their story. You don't know what transpired for them to cut you off. And they could be completely, you know, innocent and just an error, just a mistake, just completely at a brain fart, whatever. They could be the person swearing at you. So imagine the dynamic. Imagine there's so many dynamics here. They cut you off and they attack you. They cut you off and you attack them. You cut them off and they attack you. You cut them off and you attack... But if you just take a step back, you realize, wait a second. What's going on in their life? Are they having a bad day? Are they struggling with their mental health? Did they maybe get laid off this morning? Did they lose a a, a business deal? Maybe they did cut you off on purpose. Maybe because they were rushing home because something had happened. Kid just found out that they didn't get into the school of their dreams. There's so many reasons. Isn't it better to give someone the benefit of the doubt? The concept of innocent until proven guilty, which, you know, when last I checked is a fairly... Big thing here in the United States, in the United States and America, as Borat would say. 
So when we actually kind of like put that into perspective, it it really should change everything. We should be able to say to someone, just, are you okay? There's something going on. If the person says, no, there's absolutely nothing going on, I'm just a bad person, I'm just angry, well, okay. But there's still something going on. Maybe nothing happened to them that day, but something happened to them. It's almost, it's almost inconceivable that people would act in a aggressive, um, you know, reprehensible, angry, um, negative, cynical. However, you want to look at it. Something happened to them, whether it's that day, yesterday, the week before, the month before, the year before, the entire life, hell, in a previous life. But something, um, Hanlon's razor, Tim Lynch says, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. I didn't expect that. Uh, some bad things happen not because of people having bad intentions, but because they did not think it through properly. Oh, wow. I know what Occam's razor is. So Hanlon's razor is about dumbness. You can't automate stupidity. So Occam's razor is the simplest solution, or Occam's law, I should say, is the simplest solution is often the correct one. Hanlon's razor um, is, is attributed to stupidity. Wow, that's an interesting one. Stupid is as stupid does. And what is stupidity, right? Stupidity in many respects is not is not you know is not using your common sense. Stupidity is is maybe acting prematurely or not thinking things through or not being strategic enough. Um they didn't cut you off to get you, but because they have other things going on and didn't recognize you were there. Well, of course. I mean, they didn't get up that morning saying, "Today I'm gonna, today I've got, I've got to hit my quota of three cutoffs. Let me see if I can ruin three people's day today. Let me see if I can get into two road range incidents." <laughs> Nobody does that, and that's the perspective I think that is worth thinking about and talking about on Manifestation Monday. Because you have goals. I'm looking at my, at my calendar today, seeing what I, what I have ahead. I've got uh, two shows that I'm recording this week, going to be in the city. And then on Thursday, I'm heading down to Miami, to uh, NFT Miami. It's my first, believe it or not, it's actually my first um, NFT event. I've just never made it to any of them. So I'm excited. I'm excited to go there and, and, and my expectation is to be a an, an nobody. To literally be, I'm an attendee, I'm not a speaker, I'm not an organizer, I'm not a sponsor, um, my intention is that I'm going to go there and be completely inconspicuous. No one will know me. No one will care who I am. And yet, I'll probably know more people than I thought. I'm going in with low expectations or no expectations. I'm not going in there for anyone to know me. But I'm, pre I'm pretty sure that I will know some people there. And I'm also pretty sure that I'll recognize some people based on their Twitter handles or you know, based on on their reputation. It's kind of nice to be the underdog. It's nice to be the challenger. It's nice to go in there and go, oh, uh, shillin' villain, or, you know, uh, at Farouk. Big fan. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Love it. Love that. It's a different way of thinking about this idea of you don't know who's sitting next to you. Normally, I go to South by Southwest, I go to CES, I go to all these events, and I know that everyone on the plane is going to the same event. And so there'll be a certain networking. This time, it's different. So I'm going in there just with, with like no expectations, 
And when you go in somewhere with no expectations, you can only, only um, get, you know, you can only be satisfied. You, 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 you can't be disappointed when you go in with low or no expectations. That doesn't mean I have expectations of it not being great. It means I'm just going in somewhere completely out of my comfort zone. I have no plans, no, no dinner dates, no, I have no clue. I haven't even spent time looking at the agenda. And I'm just going to figure it out. And I'm probably going to be one of the older people there too. I haven't shaved in a while, so you can see my, my age. I'm wearing age. If I really wanted to, I could, I could you know, be clean. I don't have a purple beard, Billy. Um, I, could, I could go in um, and, and be cleanly shaven and wear shorts because it's going to be in Miami and, and a cap and, and dress like everyone else. I haven't even thought about dress, by the way. I'll probably wear, I'll probably wear long pants. I, I can't really attend an event in shorts. I just, it just does not feel, feel right. Sorry. Um, and I'll probably wear a collared shirt. Maybe, maybe you know, I, I probably won't tuck it in. Will I wear a jacket? Probably not if it's going to be in the 80s. Um, I should check what the weather's going to be. But, uh, but I'm excited. And, you know, I'll, I'll definitely, definitely this week, uh, well, it's only Friday for the most part, um, do the uh, collective care. In fact, Thursday, um, because, I'm, because I'm flying private, on Thursday, you know, show off, show off, show off. Um, I, I'll probably be doing um, our, our session from the car. So I might need some help from you, uh, Bears or, or Tim or Slick or Billy, if you want to come up and, and run it. Obviously won't be recording Thursday or Friday uh, just because I don't take my road course on the road with me. Um, but, yeah, so um, I'll, I'll – I'll just try and give you a sense of what I experience and and I'm, and f, you know for me one of the things that I'm excited about is is the concept of reading the room or in this case reading the the conference or reading NFT Miami or just reading the state of the market like where are we at the moment uh, a lot of these events they have all these 10,000 speakers and you look at the room and they're like four people now by the way um, here's a little, you, you know, if you didn't know this already, this is a little power tip. One way you can get people to come to your event is to make them a speaker. Because, I mean, that, that was the, the ad tech model um, for the longest time. I'm looking at, by the way, just the, uh, oh, the temperature is going to be terrible in Miami. Damn. Oh, Thursday, 81, Friday, 80, Saturday, 83, and Sunday, 84. Oh, that's going to be, that's just too bad. I'm, I'm going to have to take, I think, a, uh, uh, I think I'm going to have to take maybe a sweater, maybe a coat, just kidding. Rub it in, rub it in, rub it in. Maybe I won't even go to the event. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll just go lie by the pool. What was I saying again? Um, so I just completely forgot. Hello, Praxim. Uh, completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, yeah, I do. So what... <laughs> One of the ways that you get people to go to your event is by making them a speaker. So now you have all these people speaking, and of course, I'm a speaker, um, and so I'm going to broadcast and share and, and you know, hope to meet you and blah, 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 and you end up in a room with like eight people. That's what's been happening at a lot of these, um, you know, at a lot of these events. Also, Trump rallies. Uh, that, was, that was just a little dig uh, just a little friendly banter, a little f- <laughs> uh, for someone in the room. Um, hey, Christopher. Um, but um, I love that. I love going to a room where there's six people or eight people or nine people because everyone gets a turn to like talk and interact and, and, and have a conversation. Not unlike right now. This could be a session at NFT Miami with seven people in the room live. And we can actually all have a conversation. And I can actually, if I was the speaker, which I am at the moment, I could actually take the opportunity to get to know each one, each, each and every one of you. Remember how today started. You never know who's in the room. You never know that this person, you know, instead of like, oh, I can't believe there aren't 1,400 people in the room right now. But you don't need 1,400 people to change your life. You just need one person 
just one person that comes up to you and says, hey, listen, we've, uh, we've got a project. Would you be interested in advising us? Or, or uh, you mentioned you're looking for a, a full-time gig. We're looking for a marketing person. Or, you know, um, you mentioned you have a show. I'd love to, I'd love to come on your show. Or you mentioned you've got this collective. I'd be interested in finding out more about it. All it takes is one. And that's, that's the problem in our lives. We still live in a world. You want to live in, in Web 3, you've got to let go of Web 2. You've got to let go of popularity. You've even got to get, let go of influence. Because there's a difference, of course, between popularity and influence. I can be influential to the people that are in here right now. I could tell you about a product. I could tell you about a service. I could tell you about a project. I could tell you about something I just bought that I really, really love. I could tell you about my new Wythings watch, which they gave me because an ambassador. Hey, I could tell you about XO that I'm going to fly on Thursday. I'm hitching a ride with them. They've given me a complimentary round trip to test it out and talk about it as well. I could be influential, obviously with disclosure, but that's still the problem we live in. Popularity is look at how many fans, friends, and followers I have. Oh, by the way, how many of them did I buy? How many of them are bots? How many of them are real versus not real? As opposed to, three or four or five people around a table in a small room at NFT Miami in a Discord server where real influence can be earned, exerted, um, transferred, however you want to call it. So I love the fact that there are going to be these tiny little rooms. Chances are, if there are some big names at NFT Miami, I'll get a chance to talk to them. Look, I've I've got... um, Nice Jewish word, chutzpah. So, like, I, I, you know, I made my way to the front of of the uh, the conference room when Lizzo was performing. I didn't talk to Lizzo. I could have, um, but I ended up talking to all her dancers, etc. So, you know, I'll, I'll always. By the way, one of the things I do here's a little Jaffe tip, power tip. I always go to the front of the room after any presentation and and talk to the keynote because I've been the keynote and actually it feels kind of good it doesn't feel great when you've just given a whole keynote and nobody wants to talk to you it's awesome when you get mobbed by everyone and trust me there's a flip of the flip which is there are a lot of keynotes that are so full of themselves that they disappear straight away they run away they're so busy they're being whisked to their next engagement they don't want to talk to the people. I love it. I love being, you know, bombarded or inundated where people want to talk to me. It feels good. Well, I do the opposite. When I say I do the opposite, meaning I'll go to every keynote and and make a connection. At the minimum, I can text them afterwards. Or, or connect with them on LinkedIn and say, hey, I came up to you. I came up to you afterwards. Remember, I was the person who asked the question about blah, blah, blah with a South African accent. Now there's a connection. So we have to rethink the way that we conceive how we interact with people, how we build relationships the value of a relationship, the value of a personal touch as opposed to, you know, inflating numbers and using numbers that aren't even real in order to say, look at me, I'm important. Look at me, I'm substantial. Look at me, I'm smart. No one should ever have to do that. You should just have to be smart. You should be able to demonstrate your integrity, your, your, uh, your values, your character, your intellect, your potential based on showing up consistently and delivering and executing. That's how you do it. 
Also, by the way, another thing that I'm super excited about is I'm going to be in Florida, in Miami, uh, when Miami takes on UConn in the final four. My son is at University of Miami. It's the first time. Um, it's the first time in their history, in the school's history, that they've made the final four. And there are no one, two, or three seeds left. And it's so bizarre that Miami are playing UConn. I mean, obviously, as someone who lives in Connecticut, I suppose part of me can't lose because either UConn or, or Miami are going to be um, in the final. But I'm really, really hoping. I've never actually watched a uh, NCAA game, like really watched it. And I was, you know, I was absolutely swearing and going crazy watching the end of the game. Is there a Pope for the Miami NFT event, Tim says? Um, you mean, are they actually going to deploy Popes? I have no idea. Uh, will I create one? Sure, I'll create one. I'll create one for Friday session. Um, and But they should. They definitely should. I would imagine they're, they're definitely deploying. Hey, th that's an interesting point, which is how much Web3 technology are they going to deploy? At the moment, I don't even know if, if my entry ticket is um, an NFT of sorts. I don't even know that. Um, I think I put it into my wallet, and I think it's just a... Um, but, I mean, I'm thinking about it now. That doesn't make sense, right? I've got, uh, I've got a um, organization, Non-Fungible Events LLC, ticket type friend. I think that's the cheapest one. Ticket holder, Joseph Jaffe. And I've got, like, a QR code. But, like, I mean, surely I could just take a... Um, I could just take a screenshot of this. This doesn't seem very Web3 enabled, does it? Um, if it's just a QR code. I'm a huge, huge believer, if you didn't know this already, of walking, you know, walking the talk. You've got you to live by the same Web3 code. That's why even with Alpha Collective, we say it's a Web3 business focused on the business of Web3. Got to run it like a Web3 business if you want to be focusing on Web3, kind of. Um, also a little, if I didn't say um, uh, good morning uh, to Slick, to Christopher, to Praxim, to Jensa, uh, welcome to Manifestation Monday. The code for the PO app today, if you haven't cracked it yet, is a series that just started. It's uh, Maybe it's been on for like the last two or three weeks, another season uh, on uh, Apple TV. Uh, and the key word, uh, this is not the code, but, but a key word that governs the series is the word believe. So if you've figured out what the series is, um, you could probably say which series on Apple TV has the word believe. I'm fairly certain if you type that in, you'll know the answer. See, I'm still, I'm still leading you. Uh, I'm, I'm leading you to water and I'm, and I'm, giving you the water. I'm still making it too easy for you. Um, Tim says, yes, I wonder if the NFT event production team is up on it. I'm in Amsterdam for an insights conference. There's a Web3 track, and I'm wondering if they're going to use it. I have a table session, so I made one for my table. A pub, that's awesome. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, if I become like really not famous one day, um, I'm going to be able to go back to all these poems and say to people, by the way, I remember there was a session on, uh, you know, September 2020, you know, September 14th, 2022, where I manifested being on HBO. And now that I'm on HBO, anyone who has that poem, you can come into the studio and meet me and and hang out with me. In fact, maybe even have a little walk on, um, you know, have a little walk on roll. So little things like that. Like we haven't quite figured out the surprise and delight aspect of it. I mean, I I collect the poems every day. I love them. I love it. I love the game. I love collecting my own poem. Um, occasionally, I forget and I feel really bummed. 
Um, I love looking at the tapestry of all the different um, images. They're, the art looks amazing. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to put a little screenshot today of what my POAPs look like. But one of the things that's kind of cool about it is, is the ability for us now to, you know, to say, to like come back after the fact and say, hey, this thing that you were collecting without, without any, you know, without even knowing what the utility was, well, guess what? Surprise, surprise, this is the utility. Or not the utility, but here's what you can actually do with it. Here's how you can redeem it. That's a cool thing to do. It also helps that you're not paying for it. Because when you do pay for something, there is clearly an expectation um, of getting something back in return or at least managing that expectation. So I just um, I just uploaded to the cafe chat what my POAPs look like. I mean, it's so cool. It looks amazing, like as a little tapestry. And you can also see like little things like my blood and South by Southwest and my doodle and and uh, and the new series with the nuns and um, Duran Duran and the beautiful yellow tree and a few other things as well. Turn the ship around. We've got that there. Um, Hello, darkness, my old friend. The whole conversation about coffee. In a way, what it does also is it gives us a little visual way of remembering in some in some cases what the conversation was about. It actually reminds me um, that what I'm going to do is, and I just, you know, like thank you inadvertently for reminding me, I am going to create a personal POAP for NFT Miami. And anyone that meets me, my contact details will be on the POAP. And every time I meet someone, I will give them another code. Um, it will be a URL um, and because there are two ways. You can't do a secret word. That doesn't really work. Um, so, yeah, so that's going to be my business card, which is going to be a POAP, which is going to be very cool. I'll show you what that looks like before I head down. In fact, I'll design it today. So you just uh, you just inadvertently reminded me to do something that I wanted to do at South by Southwest but forgot. This is, this is what I would call... Um, what I would call kind of verbal um, verbal innovation, uh, and I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think what the name of today's uh, what today's episode is going to be called. Should it be called verbal innovation, not like verbal diarrhea? Or you know, my other favorite leading up to verbal innovation was Hanlon's razor. Um, so it's going to be one of them or Hanlon's razor. Those are the two names. What do I mean by verbal innovation, which I just made up now? Uh, verbal innovation is when you articulate, when you actually talk about things, when you when you actually like just start to verbalize things you're doing and things you're thinking of. Because when you talk out loud, I'm actually a huge fan of talking out loud. I've said this before. If you are preparing for a presentation, talk it out loud. If you are not if you don't have the discipline if you've if you're giving a a TEDx speech an 18 minute TEDx speech and you haven't delivered that speech to yourself to your loved one to a mirror 10 times hell just go with 3 even then 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 you are a then you are an idiot then you are a hanlin <laughs> then you then then you're lazy 18 minutes Hell, you can do it three times in an hour. But every time you articulate, you start to get a sense of flow. What works? What doesn't? Which jokes are you cracking? Why do you have seven bullets on a page, but you only seem to reference one bullet every time or two bullets? If that's the case, lose the other five bullets or consider creating two slides, one for each bullet with a beautiful image, a beautiful yellow tree. What words are tripping you up? Change the word. So when you articulate, like even just talking about poets today and the surprise and the delight and the use cases, I mean, if somebody was a, a marketer was to say to me, what's the point of a poet? And I go, well, 
Imagine now being able to come back three months or six months later going, hey, remember that thing I gave you? Turns out it's valuable. Turns out everyone that that got one of my poems at NFT Miami is going to get a copy of my book. It starts to change in a, in a weird way. This is actually going to bring us right back to the uh, road rage incident. Because these moments, these incidences, they may appear to be random, but they may turn out to be anything but. In fact, you could even argue that the person that you end up cutting off or the person that ends up cutting you off could end up being a client, a business partner, a best friend, a lover, a spouse. How about that? How about all the forces of fate that brought you together? If you believe that nothing happens by accident, that nothing is completely random, that everything happens for a reason, and now you ruined it through your temper, your anger, your impatience, your lack of tolerance, your lack of empathy, or the fact that you couldn't just compartmentalize and put yourself in their shoes, and vice versa. Sometimes that person angry and shouting at you, you know, you have to handle it yourself. You have to say, you know what, totally my bad. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. You, you are so right to shout at me. Hell, I'm going to shout at myself. Stupid, 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 Joseph. Hey, are you, are you mocking me? No, no, I'm serious. Like, like, I'm owning this. I don't know what I was thinking. I was completely dumb. In fact, like... I'm not going to lie. I was actually looking at my phone. That's how dumb I am. Like, I deserve your wrath. Like, go for it. Like, I am, I cannot tell you how, how, how upset, how, how, how angry I am at myself. What can I do to make it up to you? Can I buy you a cup of coffee? I mean, that's maybe a little bit of an extreme example. But I'm talking about saying something with sincerity, not mocking the other person. So if there's any ambiguity in terms of how you deliver that, then don't do that that way. But disarming people is is important. You don't have to have a gun to be dangerous, right? And you can disarm someone many different ways. Humor is a great way to do that. Being self-deprecating is a, is a great way to do that as well. You know, I'm determined to make the most of my moments. To make the most of the time and the opportunities I have when interacting with people. You know, I always said that um, not everyone could be my friend. In fact, I speak about having enemies and pushing off against them. But I actually think like you've got to live your life trying to, trying to actually only have friends. It's true that not everyone can be your friend. But don't go out of your way to make enemies. Or, or you know, make it a personal mission to w- once a month to try and interact or engage with someone that is estranged or ostracized, that's forced you out, that you forced out. Reconnect with someone because we all grow, we all change. Again, the concept of fire your customer, right? Not everyone can be your customer. That is true. But if we begin every interaction, every relationship, finding the truth, finding the joy, finding the mo- the spark, if redemption is our default, if everyone deserves a chance or a second chance, that's a great way to live your life. It's easier said than done. That person that cut you off and your coffee that you were drinking went flying and has ruined your suit, you're about to go into a massive interview, What if they don't offer to pay for the dry cleaning? 
Are you going to demand that they do? Probably. Or on the flip side, you're the other person. Do you offer to pay for their dry cleaning? And what if it was their fault? What if they're the person that cut you off? They ended up spilling coffee all over themselves. Now that's a thought. You're the victim. You're the innocent one. You got cut off. And you're offering to pay for their dry cleaning. How many times have you done that? How many times have I done that? I don't know, probably zero. I mean, I don't know that I've been in that specific incident. I would have to think about a moment where I know that I am the innocent party and yet I'm still going to come to the table. I'm still going to do what I can to make the most of the situation. I think that's how we can ensure that what we manifest has fumes and energy and life and potential and the ability to take on a life of its own. Because just birthing an idea, I want to be on HBO, great. What are you doing about it? Well, I'm doing my show. No, actually, probably what will transpire is the point or the tipping point for me or for you or for anyone will probably come from somebody else. And it reminds me actually of this, um, I'll never forget, um, I spoke at an AOL sales conference in front of, I don't know, 600 people, 600 salespeople, huge room. And um, I thought I did very well. Um, Someone came up to me afterwards and I could just see that they were pissed with me. And I said, like, what did I do wrong? And they said, like, I really, really resent you. Like, I'm, like, you, like, I was like, what did I do? Did I say something wrong? They said, no, here's the thing. You just said in 45 minutes what I've been saying every day, every week, every month, falling on deaf ears. Nobody takes me seriously. Nobody thinks I'm credible and you just swoop in and sweep in and say the same damn thing and everybody is cheering you on and saying how smart you are uh, and loving, you know, and, and, and loving you to pieces. And I turned around to them and I said, don't you understand? Like, I'm here to validate you. I'm not here to take credit for you. I'm not here to like to basically minimize everything you've done. I'm your validation. I'm the reason why now you can go back to all those people saying, you see what he just said, the keynote speaker, the author, the person that our boss's 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 boss just brought in here. He just basically said what I've been talking about. Now do you believe me? Or now can we have that conversation? And that's how I kind of looked at it. So all of these, you know, interactions we have, we are like, in a way, we're like at the farmer's market farm to table, we pick and we choose and, and we collect and we assimilate and, um, and we evolve. And sometimes it's a, a sound bite and sometimes it's a chance encounter. And sometimes it's verbal innovation and sometimes it's auditory innovation. Sometimes it's you sitting in the audience being inspired, maybe not by something I said, but something that what I said made you think about took you down a different path or validated what you've been thinking. For me, the power is verbalization. It's the ability to talk and speak. And occasionally, what I've got to get better at is writing it down. 
every day, even in these uh, sessions, there'll be something, and I'm like, oh, that's I, I, and, and it's gone. And so, like, um, what I have to do is I've got my Kindle Scribe, and I've got to like start getting much more um, uh, disciplined at having it next to me. And every time I say something that I think, oh, that could be a slide, that could be an uh, a topic, that could be an article, that could be something. I need to make sure that I keep that that thought. Today, that thought is verbal innovation. And I also know what to do that with, I, I know what to do with that stuff. Like I know like I could literally write a book called Verbal Innovation right now. Or a white paper or a LinkedIn piece. So for me, mission accomplished. Another another hour. Of me, you know, this person, this person that I spoke to that's been listening, he said to me, How do you talk for an hour every day? How do you do it? How do you like not run out of things to say? Like, how, like he just couldn't. He's probably listening right now. Hello, hi. That's my way of, uh, we'll see if he was. Because he just got a little shout out. I said to him, why don't you come to one of the live sessions? And the answer is verbal innovation or or the ability to verbalize. And also to get very comfortable doing it. Here's a little exercise for each one of you. Try it. Try it by yourself. Try and talk for one hour. And... Record it, don't record it. I mean, you can record it with your voice recorder and your phone. And figure out how how to make... Look, I have a small little cheat. My small cheat, and I'll tell you what it is. It's it's a tiny cheat, but it's it's you. It's the fact that, that you know, today um, Tim was making comments about... Um, about Poeps and Hanlon's razor. Tim, Tim was my, my muse. You can have a foil, but Tim was my muse today. And, and you've helped me. Verbal innovation would not have come from um, and Hanlon's like nothing. This, this conversation would have gone in a different direction. Would I have dried up and run out of things to say? Probably not. But your ability to comment and ultimately come on stage. You know, coming on stage is, is the ultimate um, cheat code, by the way. Because you can sit back a little bit. doesn't mean you can relax. Actually, you should be paying more attention when someone's on your stage. Because now you're talking to someone. At the moment, I'm just talking in a way at you or to you. Hopefully not down to you. Or talking with you. But you've got to figure out your cheat codes. Everyone needs cheat codes. See, that's, that's another thing, cheat codes. That's another thing that I'm just going to type. Maybe that's what I'll do is I'll just kind of like my notes. What's a cheat code? A cheat code is, is, like, a, is like a visual or a verbal. It's a cue. It's how you um, continue to, to move and flow without getting stuck. For me, my cheat code is is slides. I use slides, but I'll have just an image with one word, believe, or a quote. That's my cheat code. Why is it a cheat code? Why do people present like that? How many times have you seen people present? And it used to be, in fact, even still in corporate America, especially with people that are a little older, you will, you know, especially in more bureaucratic type of large organizations, you'll still see ugly slides with so much writing that it's it's like twenty bullets. But where has the world moved to from a presentation standpoint? It's moved to where you just see this beautiful image with like one word or a phrase or whatever. The reason is why it's a cheat code. It's a cheat code for two reasons. Number one is you can only stare at 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 an image and a word so long, but ultimately your attention should turn to the presenter. And that's what you want as a presenter. You want people to look at you, not at your slides. Otherwise, why are you even there? 
The second thing is all it's doing is it's just giving you a little mental, um, it's a mental trigger. Now I've got to talk about belief. Now I've got to talk about resilience. Now I've got to talk about uh, integrity. Now what they don't see, this is the, you know, the tip of the iceberg. What they don't see is the fact that you've spent five minutes verbally talking about integrity. There you've got your five bullet points. There you've got your your uh, mind map. There you've got your frame, your flow, and you've practiced it enough times. Hopefully you're not learning it off by heart, but, you know, some people do that. I don't, but some people do that. So you know what you're going to discuss when you see integrity. It's not like, oh, random word, let me make some stuff up. It's the opposite. There's a lot of prep and formalization that lives behind the slide. You don't see the innards inside the sausage factory, if you will. And it's nice to look at. So that's a cheat code. For you, if you were running the session today, you know, Bez has run many sessions in my absence. He probably has his cheat code. He probably comes. He may, he may not. I mean, I don't know. But he may just, for example, jot down five points and say, I want to touch on these five points today. Or have a little outline of things that he wants to discuss. By the way, I've done that before too with our you know with our sessions. If I want to discuss something specifically, here are the four or five points that I want to walk through. Oh, look at that. Tim has actually come up with uh he's 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 now basically determined that today's episode is called Hanlon's Razor. And and by virtue of the fact that he's put Alpha Collective, that is going to be the image um, that I'll tweet about today, courtesy of Tim, and I will make the image when I upload the podcast today. I love it. Praxim says slides with lots of words are, well, with words that are more than 50 or so are slides in name only. They're really just... Uh, using the presentation software poorly. So they're not even a slide. Um, Tim says, we have only one language processor. Do you want your audience to read or listen? If you want them to listen, then don't give them a ton of reading. Yeah, I mean, that's true, right? And there are a lot of people ultimately that will in audience that will feel almost cheated if they don't get enough meat. Where's the slide? Where's the, you know, where, where's the, the data point? Where's the, uh, the takeaways? You can still deliver that. But just deliver it in three slides. Here are the three things I want you to take away. One, blah, 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 two, da, 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 three, da, da, da. So you can still give them those takeaways. You can still give them the key quotes. And I think I've said this before, but one of the greatest tells ever is when people are taking photos of your slides. I'm very mindful that when I show a slide and I move on and you can see like one person, they're like, oh, like you can see the, you know, their body language that they just missed taking a photo of that slide. They got their phone out too late or they couldn't get the camera on or, and I say, oh, don't worry. And I go back to the slide and I go, you, you managed to get a photo of that? Awesome. And then I move on. Every time someone takes a, a photo of that slide, make a mental note that that slide is valuable. Why did they take a photo of that slide? If you can, find that person afterwards and go, what was it about that slide that you wanted to take a photo of? Do you mind if I pick your brain? Hey, I'll even buy you a beer. Um, what are you going to do with that slide? oh, I'm the head of innovation at General Motors. I was going to send it to my team going, we should do more of this. Well, why don't I, why don't I give, why don't I, um, we organize, like I can come in and give you this presentation. I mean, I'm happy to give you a 15-minute um, refresher, no charge, via webinar. And if you're interested in the whole presentation or bring him in, we, of course we could talk about that. But more importantly is, um, I can also, by the way, I'm happy to send you the presentation free of charge. Uh, not free of charge, but you know what I mean. Like, I wouldn't say that, but I'd say I'm happy to send you the presentation on me. 
Maybe that's a better phrase. So these are all the things that happen when you're actually even from just a simple slide. But anyway, to summarize, see, I'm doing it now. Hey, Peggy, I didn't see you come in. Um, you never know who's sitting in the conference room next to you, who cut you off, who's sitting next to you on the plane, who's at NFT Miami with you. Focus on quality, not quantity. Focus on relationships, not transactions. You probably know all of that. You know, pay attention when someone takes a photo of your slide, when, you know, when people are moved to to capture a moment that tells you something, that's an opportunity to continue the conversation, to go deeper, to probe a little bit, even if it is just to learn a little bit more. You know, that saying, if you ask people for money, they give you advice. If you ask them for advice, they give you money. So in this case, you, you just, you, you're not even asking for advice. You're just kind of doing a little bit of market research. And that will probably translate into money because you learn what works and you learn what doesn't. Third takeaway is this idea of, of uh, verbal innovation. Articulate the things that you're thinking about out loud, even if it is just to yourself. Same thing when planning a presentation. Don't think it, say it. The more you talk and the more you talk it out, the more powerful it becomes. Because it's not just a thought. A thought is powerful, but a thought is it's kind of ephemeral. When you actually give that thought uh, texture and body and life in the form of a word, you can actually start to like process it. And it can become a catalyst for something else. And... Uh, and a, a, an inspiration for something that can be absolutely game-changing. And then I think probably the last takeaway is this idea of cheat codes. Figure out what works for you when you are presenting or when you are leading something. You know, whether it is, for some people, one word on a slide, not sufficient. It's not enough. They need a little bit more, but figure out what works for you, whether it's a prop, whether it's, you know, a quote. You know, it's just got to work for you. It's got to be it's got to be authentically you. So that's what I got today on Manifestation Monday. I got a lot to plan this week, so I'm going to do a little bit more planning. I'm also going to be doing a bit more planning for our April 27th Launch for Alpha Collective in the city. It's a month from today. Can I get my act together finally? I don't know. I hope so. Um, Bez, we didn't get to talk about the video that you cited, but maybe we'll do that tomorrow or later. Uh, what else? Um, I've got a whole bunch of other things that, uh, that uh, I have to plan for and think about uh, this week. Um, one of the things that I'm really going to try and figure out if I can pull off is a sponsored week on Joseph Jaffe's Not Famous. And I want to start off with AI. And the thinking is to bring in four sponsors that will pay $5,000 each to own a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. And then on Friday, I will bring all four of them back. Um, for a panel discussion to summarize everything. Now, when I say, what will the sponsors get? Well, if your company, you know, XYZ and you sponsor Monday, you will be my guest, the CEO, the CMO, the, you know, head program or engineer. Um, And so it will be four days where my guests will be the sponsors. The test for me and the challenge for me is clearly to deliver what is essentially branded entertainment, branded content, right? Paid for place, pay, paid paid for um, appearance, but make sure that it's done in a, in a highly, highly credible way. No one should be able to watch that or no one should want to, should watch that and go, well, that just felt like a giant sales pitch. Um, can I pull that off? Yes, absolutely, 1,000%. It's all in the briefing. So I'm going to look to find four companies that will spend $5,000 each, They'll get essentially a 50-minute appearance and then they'll come back on the final day for a panel discussion. It's 
my goal is to deliver 10x in value, minimum of $50,000 worth of value. If they were to bring in a professional moderator, if they were to buy or invest in an hour of content with their CEO, how much would that cost? There are certain audience guarantees. So that's that's a huge goal of mine um, over the next few weeks is to focus on AI and then start to focus on maybe talent and diversity and CX and um, and Web3 and, and, all, and one week every month to have a themed week with four sponsors. It's about time I figure out how to monetize the show in a way that isn't just good for me, but is also great for my sponsors and for audience as well. So I'll keep you up to date in terms of, um, in terms of my progress. Well, the POEP is live. Um, come on, Bez. I'm going to say, I'm going to stop the recording for those of you that are listening online. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Come join us live one day. Discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.